0: Just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. How are you? Just a little um, word. I am watching my dad's dog who's like 16 and literally dying. Um, It's not funny, but it's like awful. It's actually been a horrendous experience. I fucking I like I love this dog. But I really, really hate watching her because she like won't go up this, can't go up the stairs, but like tries to bite me. Well, she's been okay now with me carrying her up the stairs, but like can't get up on the bed, even though there's like little steps to get up on the bed, which then if I try and put her up on the bed, she tries to bite me. So I have to like wrap her in a blanket to put her on the bed. And you could say, why doesn't she just not go on the bed? And the answer is because she stands at the bottom of the steps and barks until she can get up on the bed. But as soon as you reach to put her on the bed, she starts growling. She has seizures, but knock on wood, she hasn't had one yet that I've been here. Thank God. Um, Last night, and then again this morning, she refused to go outside. Like, she wouldn't come down the stairs to go outside. And then she peed in the house. Which like whatever, I don't care that much about her being in the house because I don't live here. Like, no skin off my nose. But I just it's sad and watching her is really hard. And she doesn't like to walk. And you can't pull on the leash because like she's too fragile. And she's just like the saddest most most pathetic dog. But like I love her. But I don't know. I don't know. She like it. She's at the end of her life and it's time for her to go over the rainbow bridge. Which, ugh, makes me feel so sad to say out loud. But my parents are not doing that for some reason, even though her quality of life is awful. Their quality of life is, like, not good because the dog takes up so much time and energy. Like, she's really stressful. She's really, she's really hard to manage because she wakes up all night. Like I said, she's, like you know, occasionally goes to the bathroom in the house now, which she, like, never, ever, ever did. This is, she's a cockapoo. She's very smart, extremely well-trained. Like, she's always been a really good dog. Um, So it's just hard when you're eating food now. She, and she never did this ever. She sits next to you, which she always did, but now she barks until you give her food, and if you don't give her food, she won't stop barking. It's, it's a really mess, A really messy situation obviously it's like not my call when she leaves this earth it's my parents but it's tough and I'm watching her because my stepmom's in Miami and my dad went to the shore to fish for the weekend so I'm home alone with her staying at their house and I just hate it because every time I come home or wake up I'm like scared that I'm gonna find her dead and I really don't want to be the one that has to deal with that would flip me out um, but anyway, she does this thing where she coughs. There's actually an episode from last summer, I guess, where she's in the background coughing. She's actually always done this cough, like for a long time. And it sounds like she's choking, um, but she's not. <laughs> it's just like the way that she coughs. So if she does that in the background, like your dog's not doing it. My dog's not dying from that. She's not dying from that. She's dying, unfortunately. She's not dying from that. So, don't worry about it. Got a lot of concern last year when that happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, people like wouldn't know what that sound is. That one's just normal. It's like a kennel cough. I don't know. She's always done it. But anyway, give Cosmo your best love and don't be upset if she coughs in the background. So, okay. This week has been, I have a lot of thoughts about this week. Well, first of all, just so you know, I'm going to recap the newest episode. I also watched last week's episode and didn't take notes on it. But I I don't think I really have thoughts on it. I have, like, a couple thoughts on Amber. Amber Baltira, not Amber Portwood. But I do also have a couple thoughts on Amber Portwood and Leah. Um, So I'll, like, talk about them When I do the episode. But I'm going to recap this week's episode. Which was not great again. I'll probably do a throwback next week. I just. uh, I figured since I was off last week. And the week before. I think I just. talked. I don't remember what I did the week before. I think I did a throwback. And I just like talked about. What had happened in the previous. In that week's episode. Where I just like really had to hold back a yawn. But I'm not tired. I like drank a Red Bull. I don't feel tired at all. But a yawn like is really trying to get out. Anywho, okay, what happened this week? So, first things first. The first piece of news that we found out is that even though the state objected to it, Amber's restraining order, like, Baby James's. By the way, I love that we all call the baby, Baby James, (laughs) because it always makes me think of Sweet Baby James, the James Taylor song, which— Something about me is, like, I love James Taylor. I actually love a lot of classic rock. It's really what I grew up listening to. Um, James Taylor is, like, one of my favorites. I love... <laughs> I love a singer-songwriter from <laughs> the 60s and 70s. Like, I love folk music. I love that type of stuff. I So I love James Taylor. Some other people that I... You know, like, I love a Joni Mitchell. I love a Peter Paul Mary... Don't really love the Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan was always Cousin Julia's fucking obsession. Um, Bob Dylan, like, I like Bob Dylan, but I don't love Bob Dylan. But, yeah, so I just, I like classic rock. I don't listen to it as much these days, but I still do occasionally, and I love James Taylor. And one of my favorite James Taylor songs happens to be Sweet Baby James. And so I love hearing them call, and me call the baby, Baby James (laughs) Anywho, so Amber is now allowed to see Sweet Baby James uh, supervised. I don't know if that's going to be in a supervision center. I guess it theoretically could be supervised by someone that, like, Andrew and CPS allows. I did see someone on Reddit suggest that Gary should supervise the visits at his house, which I actually don't think would be a bad idea necessarily because then... Leah could also see James, because Leah, you know, is James's brother, even though I'm going to guess they're probably never going to have a very strong relationship, at least not when they're children, maybe when they grow up as adults. I don't think they spend a lot of time together at all. I don't think Leah's very bonded with him, which is sad and unfortunate, but just the reality of their situations. So I saw a Reddit suggestion that said, like, oh, Gary should supervise the visits. I actually think that'd be a pretty good idea. I did have one user, my dear, dear Reddit friend, T-Dubs, hi T-Dubs, say like, Gary shouldn't have to do that. He shouldn't have to be put in the middle. And like, she's right. Like, Gary shouldn't have to do that. But I kind of think Gary would be into it. Um, Gary and Christina have been like high-key supportive of Amber this whole time. And we know they're very supportive of I think a controlled situation where Leah can see Amber. So I don't know. I think that that would be a good idea, but I also understand why he wouldn't want to do it or why the courts wouldn't want that. The supervision center would probably be the best way to do this. Um, so, yeah, so that happened. But like I said, the court or the state did oppose the returning order being lifted, but the judge listened to Amber's case, her lawyer's case and decided that it wouldn't be. Or that it would be lifted, excuse me. So, what else happened this week? Amber had posted, was it oh, I didn't record last week. Right, 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 right. Right, 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 right. Okay, so Amber, I guess last week posted on Instagram, then quickly deleted it. Something like a meme about cheaters. I can't remember exactly what the meme was, but it was a meme about cheaters. And he, <sighs> It wasn't, like, great. It wasn't a, it just, I don't know. It's not, it's not great. Personally, like, I don't believe that Andrew cheated. So, let me just explain everything else. Radar Online came out with a article saying that Andrew is already talking to a new girl. He wants her to come to Indiana, etc., cetera. Et cetera. Then that same day, Amber posted, like, I'm so devastated, like, obviously in response to the article. One, I want to point out that in this article, it says, like, he's been talking to her since the fight. And I think it's pretty obvious that Amber and Andrew are broken up. And that Andrew broke up with her when he called the police on her. Now, I'm sure that's kind of shocking for Amber because I don't think she's ever actually had a boyfriend that, like, Either called the police or after they hit, she hit them, like genuinely left the relationship then. Like, I'm sure it's always been an abusive, toxic, on and off situation. And I'm sure that's probably what happened in the past when she hit Andrew. And maybe they would have a big blowout fight about it, but he wouldn't actually leave. But when he involved the police and then you know, sought out full custody and a restraining order. Did we talk about this on the podcast, too, that Andrew requested full? Guys, I can't remember. I'm really sorry. But Andrew requested full custody along with child support and Amber paying for James's insurance. And I think that's totally appropriate. Why shouldn't he get child support? Why shouldn't she have to cover James's insurance if he's going to have full custody of that kid? And we all know he should have full custody of that kid because Amber cannot parent right now. Maybe ever, but especially right now. I don't want to say ever, but for sure right now. So I think it's pretty obvious to me (laughs) that Amber and Andrew are solidly broken up. By all accounts, they've not had any contact since the arrest. And so even if it is true that Andrew started talking to a girl like right after the fight and then he's already ready to like fly her out. Which okay, maybe it wouldn't be great if he flew her out because I believe he's still living in the house, um, in Am in Amber's house with the baby. So like j- get get your own apartment maybe before you start having women there. And like, is it too fast? Like yeah of Of course it's too fast. If this story from Radar Online from sources is true, like, yeah, it's too fast. Of course it's too fast. But is it wrong? Like, no, not in the context of Amber, it's not wrong. It's just wrong because it's, like, unwell and it's toxic and unhealthy behavior from Andrew. Because you shouldn't, like, the minute you get out of your physically abusive relationship, like... It's most likely not going to be, like, a healthy situation that you're diving into. I don't know. Maybe for some people it is. It just seems unlikely that that would be the case. So Amber is, like, heartbroken by this. Everyone's flipping out. It's true Andrew cheated then. Andrew's a cheater. But like I said, like, the Radar article never mentions that he started talking to her before the fight. um, Just after the fight. But also the fact is, like... Even if Andrew cheated, like, it wouldn't justify any of Amber's behavior. But personally, I don't think Andrew cheated. Now, you guys know I've never been able to get a read on Andrew. That I find him, like, completely confusing. Like, he's a very confusing figure to me. I don't understand any of his motives, as I said a million times. I don't understand how he could get with her after watching her on Marriage Boot Camp I don't understand the restraining orders and drug and gun arrests in his past. I don't understand, like, how fast they moved in the relationship. And, yeah, I know she got pregnant right away, but he basically did the same exact thing as she did with Matt, where he flew out to visit her in Indiana and never left, and that was before she was pregnant. I just don't—I've never understood anything that he gets from Amber. It's never really made sense to me. And, for the record, I do believe that all of the money that he used to day trade, like, came from Amber and that he has been fully living on Amber for the last, what is it, two years now? I believe all that to be true. But I do also believe that, like, Andrew really loved Amber and that he is probably just a person that's very codependent and drawn to toxic relationships because maybe he's toxic, too. And that he really... I don't know. I believe that he tried to make things work with Amber. And I believe that he tried to fix Amber. And that's probably where a lot of the issues were, right? Like, that was the big problem. And I think he's probably somebody that tries to fix other people. He saw Amber as a target. But I don't know. I've never gotten a vibe that he was, like, with Amber for her money. With Amber to use her. Like, he was never mad, you know? Like, were the benefits of being with Amber to, like, live off of her? Yeah, of course. But I also think that Amber's like a Janelle and that, like, she can't have a boyfriend that has a job. Because her boyfriends have to be with her at all times of the day. So you can't be with Amber and, like, expect to work a job. (laughs) So, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I do believe that Andrew is kind of shady, maybe had weird motives, but I also believe that he genuinely loved her, and I believe that she genuinely loved him as well, and that he was probably totally over his head with the mental illness uh, stuff. I think that he maybe didn't understand it and thought it would be like depression, and if she just went to therapy, everything would be better, And I think that he really just didn't see the enormity of it. I also would bet that there's been a lot of physical violence, but he's much larger than her. So she's not able to hurt him often. And the baby probably isn't involved in it. It's just, it's just to me, I just don't believe that he was cheating on Amber. I don't think that... He that like I don't, I don't want to say I don't think he's that type of person. But I, in reality, we really don't know a lot about Andrew Glennon to like say what type of person that we think he is. But I don't think I just don't get that from him. But I do want to say like if he was cheating, I can understand that because I know when I was with my like emotionally abusive boyfriend, not physically, but like emotionally, financially, Just the worst, worst, worst mess. So codependent with each other. So toxic. Um, When we were together, I would cheat on him. Because it felt like it was... I don't know. Because our relationship was so toxic and it was so bad. And I felt so trapped. And, like, I had no desire to, like, no way to leave. But also, honestly, like, no real desire to leave. I just, like, would cheat... Because I felt hopeless and because I wanted to get back at him. Like, once I remember he stole money from me, so I cheated on him that night. Which, like, who was that helping? No, Like, that that wasn't getting back at anyone. But in my, like, sick head, that was kind of, like, his punishment. And it was um, an action I could do that wasn't leaving. And there weren't that many actions that I could do beyond... Leave. Like, the only real action that I could take that would have serious consequences towards him would be to leave our relationship and completely cut off contact with him. But I couldn't do that. So, what I would do was things like I would go out with my friends and I would cheat on him. Because to me, it was like one little way I was like taking back my power because I had zero, no power at all. And honestly, like, I don't regret that. Looking back, like, if I was in a healthy relationship, I would never want to cheat, but our relationship was so sick, and I was so sick, and, like, that was, I think, like, a natural outcome of the way our relationship worked and the way we treated each other. Um, so, I also think that a lot of people in abusive relationships will cheat as a way out because like if they can find somebody that can pull them out because a lot of people in abusive relationships are just not strong enough to leave on their own they just don't have the ability the desire the courage the money like a million things uh that sometimes if you can like kind of I don't mean to laugh but like if you can start a new relationship That's like a way to leave and that's like a ticket out. And I can understand why people do that and how that happens and why somebody would want to, like, kind of look for a new relationship as, like, the motivation to leave their abuser. Okay, so, also happening this week. So, yeah, that's my thing. I don't think Andrew cheated, like... Personally, I just, I don't think that he cheated on her, but I think that if he did, like, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't care. It's not an excuse for Amber to act the way that she did. As I've been saying on this fucking podcast all season and probably last season too, it's so clear that Amber is physically abusive with him by the way that she speaks to him and the way that he reacts to her that, like, to me it seems almost impossible to, That his cheating came before the abuse. And honestly, even if he moved into her home two years ago and started cheating on her immediately, it would not justify abusive behavior from her. It just wouldn't. Um, So, yeah, no matter what happened, like, Andrew is the victim here, in my opinion. Um, So, this week, okay, this week, um, oh, God, really bad. Okay, so Amber went to court this week for, I don't know what it was. I don't think it was her preliminary hearing. Maybe it was a preliminary hearing. I actually didn't look at what the hearing was. And I will finish up with the rest of this week's news right after a quick break. By the way, somebody messaged me this week on Twitter. By by just said, by the way, 16 times. Um, in case you didn't know, my Twitter account is BentleyLiz1. No, that's my Instagram account. Guys, I'm really bad. Follow me on Instagram at BentleyLiz1. My Twitter account is Bent, B-E-N-T underscore L-E-Y. So Bent underscore Lee, but L-E-Y like my last name. I guess I just like don't plug my Twitter account on here, but somebody sent me a really nice tweet saying they were really impressed with my knowledge of... Um, like Amber's court stuff and was surprised at like how knowledgeable I was in that. And I guess I, I don't know if I've like never talked about this on the podcast, but for people who don't know, I have a degree in criminal justice. Like my college degree is criminal justice. I thought I wanted to be a victim's advocate, but turns out I didn't. (laughs) Uh, I worked, I know I've talked about this. I worked for, I don't know, like two years plus then I, I did a full time summer, summer internship at my county's um, rape crisis center. I was a certified rape crisis counselor. I went through 60 hours of training for that. And when I was a full time intern, I sat in, on a lot of trials, including like an entire murder trial, which, by the way, is high key boring. Um I sat through a lot of PFA hearings. I went with a lot of people to get PFAs, protection from abuse orders, basically a civil restraining order. Um, Also, just like, you know, being a criminal justice major, I took multiple criminal law classes. Um, I learned a lot about policing in America and the way that the courts work. In case you don't know what a criminal justice major is, it's kind of like criminology. Criminology is a little more um sociology based as is criminal justice. But criminal justice is geared towards people that become cops basically. <laughs> um it's like a major for cops, but also some people will go on to work or already working, then go back to get their degree in like loss protection loss protection, I think is the word. So like working at a department store or uh like a uh, grocery store as like the head of loss protection. I think it's actually like a pretty decent career. Uh, I did it because like I said, I wanted to, I thought I wanted to be a victim's advocate. I basically became a criminal justice major because I really liked sociology. Um, I've always really liked sociology and the study of people. I find that very interesting And I thought and I've always liked crime stuff and I thought I wanted to be a lawyer because my whole I don't know my whole life people told me I should be a lawyer. But really, I have realized that just means I was a child that was like good at arguing. And I took a intro to law class and I realized I hated it. And then I took a like intro to criminal justice class and I was like, oh, this is what I like. (laughs) I was like, oh, oh. Oh, I actually like this. Like when I say I like criminal justice, I mean that I like this. I don't like law. Or when I say I like law, I mean I like criminal justice, not like being a lawyer and law stuff. <laughs> There's a big difference. Um, I probably should have gotten a major in that because it hasn't helped me at all in my like professional career. But, and I don't want to be a cop, and I never wanted to be a cop, and I would never be a cop. I know, truly shocking for anybody that listens to this podcast that I would never be a cop. But, yeah, that's my degree in criminal justice. And also, I have been obsessed with true crime and stuff like that. For as long as I can remember, like my mom's really into true crime. We always watched Law and Order as a kid, like the original Law and Order. We were always watching Forensic Files and Dateline and, like all that type of stuff that's super in now. But it wasn't like maybe it was like really trending the 90s and then it went away and then it came back with podcasts. By the way, have you ever thought about how the only reason there's criminal like a true so many true crime podcasts is because of Serial and how popular that was? kind of crazy to think about so yeah I've just always really really liked crime stuff um in my I think in 11th grade I took a like an elective that was I can't remember what it was called it might have been called criminology um and I took it because obviously I like this stuff but also because the teacher that taught it was like my favorite teacher my school And I didn't get into his class, and I was in class with, like, a retired cop that was, I don't even know what subject he taught. But I didn't really like him, but I I was in the class, obviously. And I remember he asked me, I was, like, 16 or 17, he asked me if my parents were lawyers because I knew about the law, a lot about the law. And I was like, no, I watch a lot of Law & Order. And he's like, well, you know that show is fake, right? And I was like, yeah, but you just asked me, like, if I was a criminal, or if I was, the child of lawyers because I know a lot about the law. So obviously law and order isn't that fake. (laughs) But yeah, so that's why I know I'm, nobody cares about this, but that's why I know so much about crime stuff is because I'm literally educated in it and I have an actual (laughs) college degree. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Like sometimes it's like, like, I don't know. I don't know why that makes me laugh so hard. It's because it's so irrelevant to my life today that this degree of mine and I can't believe I like, I don't know, sometimes I'm like, did I even go to college? But yeah, I went to college and I have an actual college degree in criminal justice. (laughs) Anyway, where the fuck am I? Okay. Oh, so Amber had her hearing. Don't know if it's a preliminary trial or what, but her cast member's showed up. Macy, Caitlyn, and Cheyenne showed up. Caitlyn also, like, tweeted some shit about how she's supporting Amber and she loves Amber and there are two sides to every story, etc. etc. And then we all see them show up. Cheyenne looks uh, unenthused, if you will. I don't know how I feel. Like, I know. I know how I feel about this. I feel that this is fucking ridiculous. I think it's absolutely insane to go to a hearing of your friend in quotation mark when they're being accused of a violent crime that involved a baby I just think that's like so wild I look doesn't mean I'm a fake friend that if I feel like you should just like send your friend texts in private of support and like not get on the internet and then not go with a camera crew to support them, like, then maybe I'm a fake friend. I just, I can't personally imagine doing that. I think it's obvious that they went there because MTV told them to go. I'm sure cameras are rolling. I I just think it's not a good look. Like, the reality is it's like, who showed up for Andrew? And for the baby, the people that she's accused of attacking with a machete or trying to attack with a machete, By the way, I'm praying that the pictures of the door leak because I really want to see if she actually like went after that door with a machete and took it off the hinges by kicking it like that to me, I think, is going to be that the pictures of the door to me are like the crucial evidence for if I 100 percent believe Andrew's story or not, even though right now I do 100 percent believe it. But you know what I'm saying? I don't know, guys. I just think that it's really wild to show up and sit in court for somebody that did something like that, that, you know, was accused of domestic violence, felony, very serious domestic violence, who put her baby's life in danger. That, to me, is crazy. It just, it really, I just, I don't feel good about it. I feel like, to me, it was like a big yikes. Like, when I saw the headline that they were all there, like, the face that I made was like, Like, I post on Instagram, I use the emoji that's just, like, the closed eyes with, like, the totally straight line mouth. Like, that's how I feel about it. Not, like, enraged by it. Like, I know some people probably rightfully are. I'm just, like, confused by it. Like, why would you want to associate with yourself with that? Like, if you're... Kate... Okay, first of all, Caitlin is a true ride-or-die friend because she's too stupid not to be. Like, you could fucking murder someone and call Kate up and she would come help you move the body. Now, when the police questioned her, like, she'd probably crack real quick. But, like, Kate doesn't give a fuck about morality, what's right, what's not. Like, if you're nice to Kate and you're Kate's friend, because I don't think she has very many of them, like, Kate's her your friend and she's riding for you. If you're Macy's friend, on the other hand, like why is Macy going there? Like this is not good for Macy's personal brand. Why is she doing this? I don't understand. Amber and Macy are not friends. They're just not friends. Like it it just seems really crazy to me. Like I'm sure Macy is Amber's friend. But Amber is not really Macy's friend. Macy has a whole life. By the way, when in last week's episode when Macy threw Taylor that surprise party and she had like an entire fucking room full of people and I'm sure that was their pared down list, I thought to myself like Macy has an entire fucking life that we never see. That she doesn't bring on the show and Macy doesn't really use social media. I'm sure she is a Finsta. But like Macy doesn't use her social media for really anything but tagging things that matter stuff in it so macy is like a whole fucking life she has all the same friends that she's had forever taylor has friends they have big families like macy doesn't need amber (laughs) i just at what point do you say to mtv like no i'm not fucking doing that that's crazy if anyone had showed up to support david and janelle Which, I'm sorry, this situation is not that different. And, fuck you to everyone who listens to this podcast that told me that people cared just as much about Kaiser as they did about Nugget. Because, fuck you. (laughs) Because, it's not fucking true. Clearly. Because MTV and all of her cast members and even people in my Instagram comments are supporting Amber. Even though she went after her baby daddy while he was holding her baby with a fucking machete. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she hasn't gotten fired. People aren't petitioning for the fucking advertisers to pull out. Like all everybody she knows is showing up for the hearing to support her. It's so clear that people care more about dogs. If Amber had murdered their dog, people would be losing their fucking mind. And Macy, Caitlin and Cheyenne would have put out fucking statements about how awful she is and how she should be fired. <laughs> but because it was just her husband, her boyfriend and her baby, her human one-year-old baby, like, the cast is letting it slide. (laughs) Sorry, I just got worked up, but I was just reminded of that. With everybody insisting to me that I was wrong and that people care just as much about child abuse as they do about dog abuse and dog murder, but it's not true because this child was put in a really fucking scary situation and she's not going to get fired and all her co-stars are showing up to support her. Now, who I feel bad for in this situation is poor Cheyenne, (laughs) who MTV is trying really hard to blend her into the cast to make her one of the original girls like Cheyenne's OG, Cheyenne's OG, Cheyenne's OG. Like that's been the storyline. And I have a feeling like one, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Macy too, Macy and Cheyenne, probably not Caitlyn. Were offered cash bonuses for flying out there. Um, I think, though, that when it comes to like, Cheyenne, I first of all, I think it's really a lot harder to be on reality TV than we give people credit for. Um, I think I would have an incredibly hard time saying no to producers. I think that must be really difficult when production is in your ear all of the time, talking, 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 talking to you. About what they feel you should be doing and what the audience wants you to do and what your castmates want you to do. And I think production can really convince, I mean, a good producer can probably convince um, one of these cast members to do anything, essentially. And I have a feeling that maybe Cheyenne was offered a bonus, but then they were in her ear, like, oh, are you going to be the only, but you're going to be the only one that's not there. And if you're not there, then, like, it it really just, like, reminds everyone that you're not an OG and, like, just the three of them are OGs. And, like, they're kind of off to the side and, like, you're not part of the group. By the way, poor Mackenzie McKee didn't get an invite. (laughs) I have a feeling if Bristol was still on the show, Cheyenne wouldn't have went. And they would not have sent Bristol or Cheyenne. But I think with Bristol being gone, it just being four girls, they're really trying hard this season to like really, really, really assimilate Cheyenne into this cast. And that's why they sent them on a cast trip. You know, they didn't do one last season with Bristol too. They just were in New York for promo stuff. But I think the idea is that Cheyenne like... I don't, I don't know. I can just see them, like, up in her head basically being like, well, if, like, think of how it's going to look. Like, if you don't go, you're, like, the one girl that didn't go. And then you're going to have to explain on the show how you're not really an OG. And, like, you know, Macy's going to be mad about that. And Kate really wants you there. And Cheyenne's probably just like, all right, fuck it. Like, let's go. And I'm sure it's hard if you're Cheyenne, like... What is it better to be the girl that doesn't go and doesn't support the abuser or is it better to go with the rest of the cast and be unified as one cast? And I think from where Cheyenne's sitting, she feels probably like they could fire her at any moment. Um, She isn't one of the original girls like we see Bristol like bucked up and they're like, "Okay, go get fucked like you're off the show and we're not including you at all this season. We're not using any of your footage. Um, I'm sure she saw how quickly that happened. Yeah, Bristol said she quit. But I have a feeling it wasn't just like Bristol woke up one day, prayed a little bit, and it was Jesus put it on her heart to quit. You know what I mean? I'm sure she was bucking against producers and saying, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I wonder if maybe Bristol refused to go on a cash trip. Wasn't she still filming when that cash trip happened? I can't remember. But, like... You know, maybe she's like, Well that like I'm not I'm not friends with them, I'm not going on a cash trip with them, I'm not filming with Levi. I'm not repeating this scene. Like I'm sure there was a lot of back and forth before, before Bristol made the ultimate decision to quit. So Cheyenne saw that. Like Cheyenne has to know that like she does not want to be that girl that fights back against producers because everybody's replaceable, especially when you're the newest girl. If you'll remember in that scene where Corey, Cheyenne, Amber, and Andrew went out to dinner, Cheyenne said something like, and it was kind of a throwaway line quickly. She's like, oh yeah, Corey's constantly like reminding me what I signed up for. Which obviously meant in the context of this conversation, like there's a lot of shit that I don't want to do and I don't want to show. And Corey reminds me like, I got to show it and I got to do it because I signed up to be on this show. And I have a feeling that Cheyenne's just like, well, this is my job to go there. My bosses are telling me to go there, so I'm going to go there. Because Cheyenne and Amber aren't friends. Like, are they friendly? Sure. But even on that trip, like, I don't remember them really talking to each other much. I'm sure, actually, if anything, that, like, made her like Amber less, because Amber wasn't great on that trip, I bet Cheyenne really... I thought it seemed like Cheyenne and Macy were getting along well on that trip. Cheyenne and Kate. Kate actually really liked Cheyenne from the jump if you'll remember when they all went to New York to meet uh Macy came home and said Bristol was a bitch but Cheyenne was like super cool and super nice and like the moment they started talking it was like she had always been part of the group and they really liked she really liked Cheyenne um so I'm sure like Kate and Cheyenne are friendly but like I've never gotten like an Amber and Cheyenne vibe I'm sure they don't actively dislike one another but it doesn't seem like they're bonded I mean, Cheyenne's not really bonded with any of them because she doesn't really know them. So I really, I really think that MTV told her it was better to be with the rest of the cast than to be the girl that didn't go. That's just my guess. Um, I don't know. I think, I don't, I just, are they going to show it on this season? Because we're at Mother's Day in this most current episode and the rest, arrest rest was July 4th. No, I guess they already filmed the reunion. They couldn't show it if they already filmed the reunion. I guess this will have to be next season. I can't believe that Amber is allowing for such an MTV presence at all of this. Because like I said on this podcast, I really thought that she would quit. But I'm guessing they did like they did during being Amber. Like, remember on being Amber, they picked her. I remember on being Amber. I just played it last week. They picked her up from prison. They sent her commissary when she was in prison and sent her letters in prison. And I have a feeling that, like, MTV has circled the wagons around her and maybe they're going to pay for her lawyer and promising her what will or will not be on the show. Yeah. So I think that's that's why she hasn't quit and that's why there's such a strong MTV presence on the show. Now... I want to share some things that Andrew posted on Instagram. Which, if you're following my Instagram, which you know, my not my personal Instagram, but my podcast Instagram, which is feathers underscore pod, Andrew posted a like inspirational poster that said. Nothing better in the world than a clean conscience. And then he, in the caption he wrote, except baby James with a smile and a, a heart. And of course, you know, some people had some questions. Someone asked, like, you know, why would you be with someone who had such bad mental illness? Like, you know, she was a ticking time bomb. And he said, I made numerous pleas for help for her to her friends, family, doctor, and TV. But it all fell on deaf ears. Or it's just a really, really complex situation. I was trying to fix her health (laughs) because I was with her every day and saw her worsen and it scared me. Now, to me, personally, that means, like, he was trying, like, trying to get her help and it fell on deaf ears as far as Amber goes. Like, I'm sure if, like, I know for a fact, I know this to be true, that if Amber, like, I would bet my life on this. That if Amber went to MTV and said, I want to go to treatment, they would send her in a second. They offered her treatment at the reunion last year. Like, Kate been how many times that they paid for, like, Amber's going to treatment. They're paying for it if she asks for it. I don't believe that, like, Andrew and, and Amber together were reaching out, begging for help from friends, family, etc., I think what Andrew means is that he was pretty desperate, reaching out, trying to get help, and it fell in deaf ears of Amber's. I think that, Am- like, if Amber isn't going to accept help, then there's nothing that anybody can do for her. Um, somebody responded, like, there's two sides, he got what he wanted in a baby, basically just being like, I'm team Amber, And Andrew's response to that was, wasn't the first time, just the worst time. It's been a long road of trying to heal. And I think we all knew that. Um, Somebody was like, hey, I don't really understand, like, why you need to get on social media and shade amber. Like, I genuinely hope everybody's okay, but, like, keep this offline. Which, you, you know, I don't disagree with. Andrew said, I'm not cheating anyone at all. Would you disagree with what I wrote? I'm sure Amber's conscience is perfectly clean. With an emoji of soap. Don't read into it too much. I just don't like being called a cheater when I'm not. If I cheated, you wouldn't hear a peep from me. But I'm not. But I'm just not that species of animal. With a dog. So, dot, dot, dot. Conscious clean. With, like, what are the emojis where it's the two hands in the air? Like, woo, that emoji. Um... I thought this one was really interesting because when he said, I'm sure Amber's conscience is perfectly clean. Like, that's I'm calling her basically a sociopath. Like, Amber feels totally fine about what she did. Which I hope, because in my head I've been thinking it, but I hope that I've been saying that I believe that to be true. I'm 100% positive that a- Amber is blaming Andrew for this and feels like she's totally in the right. Just like she did with Gary and just like she did with Matt. Uh, somebody was like, we need details. Feed the fans. <laughs> and Andrew says, James and I aren't part of the show anymore, it seems. Follow your ladies. They went that way with like an arrow. <laughs> and then like a hang ten. Um, You guys know what that is? Like the thumb and the finger, like hang ten. Uh, a hang ten emoji. Uh, It's interesting that he says aren't part of the show anymore, it seems. Because to me, I wonder if. Like, there's no way MTV would not have him on by their choice. But the way he writes, it seems, makes it seem like it's not his choice. So I'm not sure exactly what that means. Um, somebody was like, I'm sorry, but I'm Team Amber. He's trying to, okay, he's trying to play the Innocent card and doesn't seem right to me. There's two sides to every story, which is sick. Andrew says, I've never cheated, nor am I in the market to ever. And I don't know, like I said, I believe him. Yeah, this whole thing is really messy. I genuinely just, like, can't believe that all of the girls would show up. Like, I can't believe, like, I know I just said the whole thing about Cheyenne, but, like, imagine how fucking annoying it is that now she's going to have to, like, deal with all of the Instagram comments. Like, why, why did you not... Why did you go for Amber? Like, you support Amber? I don't know. I guess there's also the question of, like, does showing up mean that you support what they did? Like, no, not necessarily. It just means you support the person. But then there's, like, okay, but why do you support the person that has, like, multiple domestic violence arrests? She just did the same thing that she did 10 years ago, but actually in a way worse manner why are you there to support her? Why aren't you there like to support Andrew, the person that is the victim? I think when it's a physical, violent crime against another person and a baby, it's it, it's enabling to show up. It's not it's not just like supporting your friend. But like I said, maybe I'm a fake friend. <laughs> maybe that makes me fake. And you know what, if it does, so be it. Okay, wow, I talked for 45 minutes about this. I didn't really mean to do that, but I guess that's good because not that much happened in this episode. So let me get on to the episode. So I just did something crazy, which is... I recorded that 45-minute intro last night around 9 o'clock p.m. I hit pause to, like, you know... Here's the secret, when I record episodes on my own, it actually takes me hours and hours because I hit pause a lot and just stop recording for extended periods of time. But I did something that I don't know if I've ever done, which is it's now Saturday at 4 o'clock p.m. <laughs> I have a heart out of 6 p.m. where I need to get in the shower because I'm speaking at a meeting tonight at 7, thankfully I'm at my dad's house, which is closer to the meeting, than where I live. But yeah, I never do this, but I got really tired last night. Like, as soon as I hit pause and fucked around for like 20 minutes, I just knew I did not have it in me to come back and record more. <laughs> so here we are. Um, just you know, I've had a f- entirely full day since we last talked. I tie dyed today. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm, like, fucking obsessed with tie dyeing now. This is the third time I've tie-dyed this summer. I only tie-dyed one thing for myself. This time I'm giving away, like, everything else that I did. People love my tie-dye. People have asked me if I would sell my tie-dye, but probably not. I feel like... I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't want to be a real Caroline Calloway, who I talked about in a bonus episode, and make it too expensive, but, like... The shirts aren't that cheap, and then I would have to ship them, and I feel like what I would have to sell the shirts for to make it profitable would be, like, more than they're worth. (laughs) Like, I feel like I would have to be selling these shirts, like, let's say each shirt, well, I guess if I did the long sleeves, they're only, like, 11. I could theoretically sell them if I sold these long sleeve tie-dye shirts that I make, because By the way, I also prefer long sleeve tie dye shirts. I don't like short sleeve tie dye that much. I think it's because most the shirts that I buy are much better quality in the long sleeve. My issue is is that I would have to sell them for like $25 to $30 just to make like between buying the supplies and shipping them would be like $15 at least. So just make $10 and that doesn't seem worth it. Oh, and while we're at it. Hit me up on Cameo. (laughs) I've done three Cameos. It's actually really fun. I respond really quickly. It's $10. It's silly, but I'll give you a designated shout out. So anyway, should we talk about the episode? I think we should. Um, Let's first talk about Kate. Yeah, let's talk about Kate. This was a really boring episode, by the way. Um, I don't want to talk that much about the episode. (laughs) If I'm being honest, I just don't. Like, this show isn't that exciting to watch. I don't feel really motivated by anything that was in this episode. I don't really care about anything that happened in any of these episodes. I think especially because um, this week, drama-wise, is pretty exciting, that I just don't care that much. I just don't care. Like, it's just not exciting. They really need to cancel this show they need to do something like I just want them to cancel Teen Mom because then I don't have to watch it anymore and if I don't have to watch it like <sighs> life would just be a lot better if I didn't have to watch it you know it would be a lot better anyway let's start with Caitlin who MTV starts out by showing Nova having a meltdown is it just me or are they, like, really hammering home that Nova has tantrums? Which, like, Nova's four, having tantrums is totally fine and normal. But I've noticed that we, like, never see the other kids have tantrums. And, like, I'm sure Maverick, Jade, Watson, Ensley, well, I guess we don't see all of them anymore. But, like... Lincoln, Lux, like, I'm sure all of these other kids, Addie, I'm sure had a million of them. Like, I'm sure all these other kids have meltdowns. But for whatever reason, we are seeing Novas in every single episode, sometimes multiple breakdowns an episode. <laughs> they really want us to think that, like, Kate's a ty- uh, Kate is a terrible mom and doesn't know how to handle her daughter having tantrums. So the big thing in this episode is that Caitlyn considered an abortion. I'm not really going to go scene by scene, to be honest. Um, So Caitlyn considered an abortion, which, okay. You guys, first of all, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I consider myself not to be pro-choice, but literally pro-abortion. I think pro-choice is a nice way that a nice thing we use because then when like pro-life aka anti-choice people come at you you can be like nobody's pro-abortion we're pro-choice but like I'm literally I would consider myself to be pro-abortion in that I believe the government should pay for abortions I believe abortion should be completely destigmatized I believe it should be taught about in schools during sex ed like heavily taught about in schools um yeah I just am what a person would be considered pro-abortion. Like, I think that there should be absolutely no shame in abortion. I think that it should be readily and easily available, accessible, safe, um, that you're not, like, you don't have to walk through a literal protest rally to get to your health care. I'm pro-abortion, just like I'm pro almost all medicine. It's a medical procedure. Anyway. So obviously, like, I personally think that Kate thinking about abortion was, like, the smartest thing that she could have done in that scene, in that scene, in that situation. She had just gone through a terrible 18 months, as they say. They keep talking about this 18 months that she went through. She had been to treatment three times, right? It was three times? No, two times back to back. Her and Tyler were separating. It was awful. Everything was going wrong. And so, of course, she thought about abortion. It would be actually crazy if, in that situation, she didn't think about abortion. (laughs) Because, like, how can you not? Like, it would be crazy if she didn't consider that. But... The reason it grinds my gears is because, and we don't talk about this enough because it just doesn't really come up that often, is that Kate and Tyler, I mean, I know I've talked about it in the past, but I don't talk about it that often, is that Kate and Tyler have always been staunchly pro-life, not just pro-life, like, tweeting about it sometimes. Like, they were literal paid pro-life speakers working with pro-life organizations. If you go back and rewatch Kate's Being Kate... They give they follow them like going to a speech that they give that they were giving, like they were doing paid speeches, and that was like a pro-life speech. <laughs> Not just like, hey, here are your choices, adoption worked out for us, we really support adoption. No, like literally pro life, no exception for rape and incest, like those type of pro lifers. Which actually I've always found to be more um Like, it makes more sense. Like, I don't really understand how you can be pro-life except then have cases where you're not (laughs) pro-life. Because you either believe it's a life or you don't. And at least, like, if you believe it's a life and you don't want exceptions for rape and incest, like, it's because you believe it's a life. It's an abhorrent stance, in my opinion. But, like, to me, that makes more logical sense than, like, being pro-life except in these certain circumstances. So, Kate and Tyler did a really bad thing in my opinion, which is became paid pro-life advocates. And so for Kate to be considering abortion is extremely hypocritical. Um I, there is a phenomenon which you can Google and it's the only moral abortion is my abortion. I read about this years and years and years ago. And it's this idea that a lot of pro-life women will, um, will be pro-life, anti-choice, anti-abortion, but then get abortions themselves if they're in situations in which they cannot carry a child. Okay, having a baby, you know, you have an abusive husband, or having a baby maybe outside of your marriage, or something like that. So it's the only moral abortion... Oh, the only moral abortion is my abortion. And I think that was the situation that old Kate was in. Um, I also am, like, not sure how much she really considered it I do think Kate is a pretty manipulative person I don't think she's a consciously manipulative person I think that she had to develop manipulation as a survival skill you know to survive her whole childhood and her whole life and so I think a lot of her behavior is manipulative and I would guess that she probably brought up the abortion as a way to manipulate tyler into like calling off the separation or calling off you know i think she wanted tyler to beg her not to get rid of the baby um which look caitlin wouldn't be the first she wouldn't be the first person to do that she won't be the last person to do that Pregnancy is a very vulnerable situation that manipulative people can use against their spouse or partner. I don't think it happens often, but I think it happens. And I don't I don't know if like, I think Kate was saying it because she was desperate. And I think she probably really did think about it. But I don't think she genuinely considered it because I think she knew that Tyler would never be down for that. And Tyler would never support that. And I think that she knew if she floated that, that Tyler would come back to her. Or whatever. So, yeah. That's the big drama of this episode. Caitlyn also, apparently... I don't know, guys. I don't want to call someone crazy for this. But, like, Kate thinks that Veda will remember being in Caitlyn's womb and considering abortion. (laughs) Now... You have to wonder. Won't Vader remember it because she sees it on the fucking TV show that you have her on that I'm sure she'll watch reruns of when she's an adult or a teen? Like, 14. like I, if if you guys had ever mentioned it on this show, <laughs> I think that you would have not... Um, Vader would have never known about it. I thought that was like... Caitlin's like, well, you know, they say that if you get an abortion, if you think about an abortion or whatever, like, the baby will remember it. And I'm like, who is they? Because that sounds like some fucking pro-life propaganda bullshit. Um, Yeah, if you are stressed, the baby in the womb can feel stressed, but it doesn't, like, remember it. I don't know. That was wild to me. Oh, and I did want to talk about last week's episode with Caitlin and Tyler where Tyler went to Texas, and we find out that Butch is doing cocaine again, which probably means crack, um, because he's a crack addict. And I was really, really proud of Amber for getting her one-year coin. Chip, she's probably an N.A. Um, Although I did like how they just, like, openly talked about the meeting and everything the whole time, and then they flashed across the screen that they weren't showing the meeting, like, out of respect for A.A. And it's like, okay, but, like... (laughs) You just, like, announced Amber's in AA, which is, like, not in respect for AA's traditions. But I just thought that was funny. Like, it didn't make me mad or anything, obviously, because I talk about the 12 steps. But I just thought it was funny. I was proud of her. I was happy for her that Kim and uh, Tyler were there to give her her chip. I thought that was really nice. I talked about it on this podcast before, but my parents gave me my one-year coin. One year is, like, the most monumental fucking thing in the entire world. Like, they're... To me, nothing has ever felt more significant than getting a year sober. It was just so... It was so crazy. And like, your whole first year, you're just like... You just want to get that year. Like, that's all you want is to get one year. And then when you do, it just it feels so good. Um, Amber was right that the reason that you get coins is so that the newcomer has hope. Though I found it interesting that she said... And so the old-timers remember the process, but i've never heard that i mean i'm not saying she made it up like obviously she heard that in a meeting i've never heard that that like the old timers remember the process from listening to people speak in meetings but i i don't know i found i was like huh i that one i've never heard um i was really sorry for her that butch was such an asshole and when he texted her like well no one was there for my year and it's like okay literally who cares Um, Butch is an asshole. I feel sorry for Tyler and Caitlin. I, Tyler and Amber, Kate too, obviously. And I liked that Tyler, it's funny because Tyler was actually speaking. I wonder if Tyler's going to Al-Anon or something because that was like real Al-Anon AA 12-step speak where he was talking about not having expectations anymore because the expectations with Butch just like set him up for resentments, which is very true. And yeah, so Mazel Tov. To Amber Balterra on getting her one year sober. I think she's still sober. I hope she's still sober. Okay, let's talk about Macy. So, Ryan is obviously out of jail, but the PFA is still in order. The big talk of this episode is that Macy throws Taylor her 30th birthday. And, like, I just don't care. I just don't care. Um... It was interesting, did I mention this earlier in the episode, that it was interesting to see all her friends there and such a large group of people that we never see on the show just because Macy's actually pretty private considering that she's on a reality TV show about her life. Uh, we did see her friend Raj, who's been her friend for a long time. We haven't seen him in a while. I think he's like her best friend, one of her best friends. Um, and we get a scene with Mackenzie and Ryan where Ryan is saying that he... Wants to talk to Macy, but he's not going to reach out to her because if he does, he'll violate the restraining order and he's not going to go to jail over that. Which, yeah, 100% correct. I was, like, totally on Ryan's side there. He should not contact her because there is a restraining order. Um, Ryan, he's, like, not against talking to her, though. Mackenzie thinks they should, like, meet up in a lawyer's office and hash it out there. But I'm just, like, not sure what there is to hash out. Like, I guess at this point, like... What's there to talk about between Macy and Ryan? I I don't know. I feel a little confused as to what what there is to talk about. Um, did you guys notice that Taylor was drinking in the car? I'm sorry. They drink a lot. <laughs> Having a roadie is... <sighs> I don't know. For a baseball game, like, he didn't know he was going to his party. Like, yes, it was his birthday, But he didn't know... He thought he was just, like, going to a minor league baseball game. It's like, you guys can't get there and tailgate at the park. Like, it's not even like you're going to a major league game. They're going to, like, a minor league game, supposedly in celebration of Bentley, and, like, Taylor's drinking a roadie. It just... Look, I'm not, like, anti-roadies. It just... A roadie is a drink that you drink in the car, by the way. Um... It just seemed a little... I don't know. I noticed these little bits and pieces about their drinking. That makes me think they drink a lot. A lot, a lot. I don't think they're, like, alcohol... I'm not saying they're alcoholics. I have no idea. I just constantly notice, like, little bits where it's like, why is he drinking what I'm guessing is, like, a hard... Well, maybe he's not a hard drinking, He just poured the beer in the cup. But, like, I've noticed him drinking in the car often. It's just, like, you're 30, like... Do you really you need to have a drink on the way there like you can't wait to until you can't have a beer at home then drive to the park and have a beer at the park you need to drink one in the car I it's one thing when you're 21 it's another thing when you're 30 to me that's like there's certain behavior that starts getting side eyed at a certain age and I don't care if that's ageist or whatever you want to call it it's just my truth And one of them is, like, having a drink on the drive to a baseball game. (laughs) Because you apparently can't consume enough at your home and then at the game. When he didn't even know he was going to the party. There was also a drama of he wants a dirt bike for his birthday. And Macy's like, look, I'm not anti-getting. Like, I'm not anti-you-getting a dirt bike. I'm just not thrilled about it. And I don't want to buy it myself. Because you're going to go to the track and get hurt. And I agree with her. I'm, like, pretty anti I'm not anti them, but I would never want my uh, husband to ride a motorcycle or a dirt bike. They're just extremely dangerous, extremely, extremely dangerous. I I would be very, very nervous about anybody that I loved riding a motorcycle or a dirt bike, especially a dirt bike on a track and doing tricks because it's dangerous. Um, the other fact is that Maverick is a lefty. <laughs> Oh, and last week we saw Macy advocate for PCOS, which, like, look, I do think that there is a lot of under-education, that's not the word, but not a lack of education about PCOS. I think it's really good that Macy's using her platform for something good. Um, I've read studies that, like, many doctors are not educated on PCOS and endometriosis, like, even OBGYNs, and that, like, a lot of women are walking around with that, with those two, uh... Conditions. I don't think disease is the right word there. But those two conditions and doctors really don't know about them. So I think it's great that Macy's using them, using her platform to help them and to go, you know, advocate with her congressperson. But Macy, to me, like, has the enthusiasm of, I don't know, paint drying? That doesn't really make sense. But, like, Macy just has... Such a lack of enthusiasm, and she's so boring, and she inspires nothing from me that I'm like, I can't believe anybody would ever pay her to come be their speaker. Because you guys know she's getting paid to do this, right? Like, she's not just like volunteering her time to be a PCOS awareness person, like that organization has paid her to be their spokesperson. And I mean, I guess it makes sense because she's a semi-high profile person talking about it, and she brings it on her TV show. But I just, can't, I just can't imagine it. Anyway, let's talk about Cheyenne now. I know, guys, I'm running through this and, like, I apologize for it. I just, there's not anything to talk about. So I'm going to do a good, I'll do a good um throwback next week. So Cheyenne, this is wild. So Corey schedules a trip, like, while his mom is in town. It's very obvious that this is, like, a free SpawnCon trip for him because he even says like, well, I called the guy and these are the dates that he said we could come, (laughs) which is why he couldn't postpone it. But basically, Corey's mom is coming to L.A. And Corey has a trip to St. Lucia probably for free on that day and or during that trip. So he's just not going to be there. So Cheyenne spends her whole trip, the mom's whole trip with her. I thought it was really nice to Cheyenne. She's very accommodating. She let Ryder be with them for, like, a couple nights in a row. Um, Taylor's on the show now. Taylor is kind of a non-factor. We really don't see enough of her to have an opinion on her, although I've heard she's, like, horrendous on her other MTV shows Um, last week we did find out about Corey's dick being posted by accident on Instagram or Snapchat or wherever it was, which made me laugh. (laughs) And in case you guys didn't know, I accidentally posted my nudes on my Instagram story last year when I took a picture of me in the bathtub and, um, in the middle of the bathtub is like the, like a silver thing. Like it's not, there's nothing attached to it, but like. It could be, like, a, you know, you guys understand what I'm saying, but, like, a tiny little silver round thing, and um, you could see my boobs in the reflection. It was, like, so obscured, and at the time, I didn't understand what the other folder was on Instagram, and I had, like, six messages the minute I put it up that was, like, I can see your boobs But I didn't find out until, like, an hour and a half later when one of my guy friends sent me a message that was, like, look at the reflection. So, basically, I understand how Corey could make that mistake. (laughs) I now, like, obsessively check all pictures. Oh, God. It taught me about the other folder on Instagram where you can get messages from people who don't follow you. Or you don't follow them. So stupid. It was such a stupid mistake. But whatever. You know, like, things happen Stupid things happen. We all make stupid mistakes, right? So, Corey's mom seems nice. She's, like, annoyed that he's not there and that he went on vacation. And Corey's like, Corey says, well, you know, I can go to Michigan anytime and see my mom, but I can't go to St. Lucia whenever I want. And it's like, why not? You're on TV. Like, you make money. Why can't you go to St. Lucia whenever you want? It's not like... St. Lucia's, like, not... Like it's not like going to fucking Bora Bora. Like it's I'm sure it's nice. I've never been there. I think that's where my brother and sister in law went for their honeymoon. Like it's nice, like, but it's still in the Caribbean. Like you can go there. Um Cheyenne and Corey have a talk about his vacation, and Cheyenne is like you need to have family first. And they talk about Mexico. And he's like, well, you didn't ask me to come home. And she was like, yes, I did. And he was like, no, you didn't. And she's like, when I text you that our daughter has a fever and she's in the hospital, that's the same thing as me asking you to come home. And Corey's like, no, it's not. Not if I'm in another country. And so I think Corey and Jan are having some communication issues. And that's really it for them. Wow, we're already at Amber. Okay, so... Last week, we found out that Leah's having panic attacks. Apparently, she's had, like, eight panic attacks. Um, Gary and Christina don't seem that concerned about it. I, okay, I think Gary's been getting a lot of heat about his lack of response, but I think he's very scared. And I still think that, you know, mental health is very stigmatized, and I think he's really scared that it's on the show. But I don't, here's my thing. Because they're like, we don't want people calling Leah crazy. Her friends watch the show, apparently, which is kind of wild. Like, they're definitely still too young. But when I was in fifth grade, my mom, because I had no rules when it came to, like, consuming media. um, And my mom, like, I would just watch, like, all-day marathons of the real world. So, like, if Team Mom had been on the air when I was 10, I would have been watching it except in this day and age I wouldn't be watching TV I would just be watching inappropriate YouTube content probably <laughs> That would probably instead of like watching marathons of MTV's Real World as a 10-year-old if I was a 10-year-old in 2019 like I would just be like watching whatever the fuck I wanted on YouTube cuz at that age I had just got the internet and was doing whatever the fuck I wanted on the internet Nobody nobody was like checking what I was doing with the TV or the computer although I do remember once downloading um DMX's what's that song y'all gonna make me lose my mind what's that fucking song called I can't remember but at the beginning he yells suck my dick and I thought it was like the best song ever and my mom didn't like it and made me turn it off and said I couldn't listen to it again but that just meant like don't listen to that when you're around me (laughs) that was like my mom's one time that she ever told me I couldn't watch something or listen to something. It was, and it was just because she, like, happened to be standing next to me and, like, heard it. And was like, no! <laughs> oh, I really, truly had no monitoring. It wasn't great. Um, oh, I just got a cute message that my nephew calls TV remotes phones. Oh, cute. Okay, so Leah is having panic attacks, Gary doesn't want to talk about it on TV, because her friends are watching TV, and also I think he said, like, well, you know, I don't want- I think basically his point was, like, I don't want the audience talking about her the way they talk about Amber, which is sad but fair. But my thing is, it's like, this could have so easily not been included on TV, because- like, 90% of their lives aren't on TV. So I don't understand why this was included if they just didn't want it to be on TV. Like, I don't think it should have been on TV. I think that this should have been kept private for Leah. I don't think it's fair that her mental health is being discussed on television, and now, in turn, I'm discussing it on my podcast. Like, that's not fair for Leah. But I'm talking about the content of the show, and her parents have made an active choice to put this on the show. So... I don't know if it's if you're like that worried about your kid being exposed via the tv like wouldn't you just not include the storyline and film about something else so this week um amber has decided that she wants to help leah because she started having panic attacks when she was about nine which i think makes sense uh i think it makes sense that leah's having panic attacks like a lot of sense leah has had a very unstable life I mean, she witnessed violence as a young child. Oh my God! Let's look up Am- or Leah's ACE score. Remember how I've talked? We've talked about the ACE, um, the ACE test. Okay. Get your ACE score. Okay, we're gonna do Leah's score right now. How convenient! I'm at my dad's, sitting at the kitchen table, and he always has a pad and a pencil, well, pen. Like, right next to him. Okay. So, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, humiliate you, act in a way that made you you afraid you might be physically hurt? I think we have to say yes for that, right? Did a parent or other parent in the household often push, grab, or throw something at you? Probably no. Did an adult person at least five years older than you touch or fondle you? We don't know. Did you very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special? I guess we can't answer that one. Did you often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, and had no one to protect you? I feel like were your parents either too drunk or too high to take care of you or take you to the doctor if you needed it? I think we have to say yes for that for the first five years of Leah's life, right? Were your parents ever separated or divorced? Was your mother or stepmother often grabbed, pushed? Oh, this is like... Dubai. It's asking if the mother ever faced domestic violence, but as we know, the father did. So I'm going to put yes for Leah, because she witnessed her mother abusing her father. Um, and God only knows what she saw between Matt and Amber. Probably not much between Andrew and Amber, because she hasn't been at Amber's house, apparently. Um, did you live with anyone who's a problem drinker? Or use street drugs? Yes. Were you a household member? Was a household member depressed or mentally ill? Did a household member attempt suicide? Did a household member go to prison? Okay, so Leah is at least a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, which is four or more is where you end up in like, you're really fucked up. I'm like at a six or seven for that. I'm probably at a seven for that or a six. I don't know. I'd have to do my score again, but I'm also over the four or more. So, adverse childhood experiences. So it makes sense that Leah is having panic attacks because she's nine or ten and her score is already a seven. And that's really sad. Or, you know, I guess like maybe it's a five, maybe it's a six, maybe it's an eight. But she's already at four or more, just like the ones we 100% know to be true. As in her parents are separated. She had a parent go to prison. She had a depressed parent and she had um, she had she witnessed domestic violence. So, yikes. But it makes sense that Leah then is having panic attacks. Um, And it, it, I'm like, I'm glad that Amber, for all of Amber's faults, Amber is very aware of, like, the mental health stuff. And I think that's why people feel a lot of sympathy for her is because she's pretty good at talking about it, even though she's not good at getting help for it. And at least for herself, but she's not ashamed so much to talk about what's going on. And that seems to be extending to Leah, which is good. And she Amber feels very like she wants to be proactive about this and meets up with Gary and tells them that she wants um, Leah to see a therapist. And at first Gary's like, I don't want them to put a label on her. Like she's crazy. And Amber almost starts crying. I really thought to me was a genuine reaction. And she was like, what? No, Why? I think Amber was so thrown off by him saying that, she's like, why would you even say that? Like, no, no, of course no, of course not. Like, that's not even on the table. She's just gonna have a therapist to talk to because she doesn't want to tell me and she doesn't want to tell you, so she needs to tell somebody. Um, I think it's good that they're they're gonna send her to therapy. Um I think she needs therapy. I think Leah should have been in therapy for a long time. Leah has witnessed, as I just said, Leah's witnessed a lot in her life. She's had a lot of trauma. I can't even imagine how this new arrest is affecting her. Ugh, that poor Leah. So, yeah, I'm glad that Gary and Amber are in agreement, and I hope they, like, follow up on it and continue to do it. Anyway, that's it for this week. Um, Sorry for... Not really talking that much about the episode, but there just wasn't that much to talk about. And sorry if it feels weird because I took a full 18 hours in between (laughs) recording last night and recording this morning. Anyway, find me on Instagram, feathers underscore pod. Get a cameo for me. It's in my Instagram bio. And yeah, that's it. Have a good week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash